Hello. Welcome to Lights Carry Action. I'm Carrie Morrison, your film buff friend, and I'm here to give you brief and spoiler-free reviews so you don't have to do any research. So sit on down and grab a cup of tea, and let's get into it. This week is the week where my past comes back to bite me and or help me, because this week we're looking at musicals that were filmed for the screen. For folks who don't know, I trained as an actor um, and director uh, in my youth. I was about to, that implies that I'm not youthful. I am 26. Um, anyway, I'm very excited to talk about the films I'm covering this week. So with all of this being said, let's get on to the first musical of the week. We all have a story. We must find a good name for you. Moses. Ramesses will build the greatest empire on earth. The first musical we're looking at this week is The Prince of Egypt, which was on the West End a couple years ago. Based on the DreamWorks animated movie that was written by Philip Lezebnik, who did the script, and Stephen Schwartz, who composed, they returned to adapt it for the stage as well, and then directed for the stage by Scott Schwartz, who is Stephen Schwartz's son, and then directed for the screen by Brett Sullivan. A lot of names, I appreciate. If you know the movie, you know what it's about. It's about Moses, who, as being a prince of Egypt, realised he's actually Hebrew and connects with his people and tries to get his people out of Egypt. So I automatically quite like the show and the way they executed it as a film because I cried. I cried a lot. It touched on something very important to me about how we have to let things go in order to achieve who we really need to be and the dynamic between the brothers who Moses is played by Luke Brady and Ramses is played by Liam Tam and their dynamic is so beautiful and their connection is great. What I would have really wanted is Liam Tam who plays Ramses to have a bit more of a flow. It's very obvious he's influenced by uh, the high priest who did a great job by the way who was played by Adam Pearce. That was all really great. It was just after he was influenced, he became very cartoonish, which I understand it's adapted from a DreamWorks animated movie, but it just seemed very out of place in relation to the rest of the performances. Yes, Adam Pierce's high priest Hotep has that sort of cartoonish attitude, but he's a villain, so I understand that to some extent. I think I just would have loved a bit more work with trying to smooth out the ed edges for Liam's performance. This is not necessarily me making a point this is more i remember at the time there were accusations of it being blackwashing uh, because princess nefertati hello uh fellow film fans i realized when editing this that it's princess nefertari not nefertati um which is my bad i should have done my reading i should have done it properly um so just bear that in mind that i don't know that i've messed up but i feel really bad i know played by Tanisha Spring, who I loved, by the way. I loved her performance. Her performance, I think, towed the line it being cartoonish, but also it being engaging, because I feel like with Liam's performance, it became so cartoonish that it felt out of place. With 
Tanisha's performance, it felt really in the moment and really justified. I also think Miriam's character, who's played by Alexia Kadim, I loved the way she portrayed it, but I just feel like her character was very over the top. Um, and I appreciate she's meant to be this devoted believer in God and how Moses will bring freedom and salvation. For me, it went a bit too much of a caricature, not even cartoonish, and it just had me disconnect at points because also it feels that she's not completely connected with the cast. She feels like the she feels like the outcast and not really in the scene, but when she's in scenes, she says how much she believes what's happening and then sings When You Believe, which is an iconic song. I haven't watched the film in a while, so I don't know whether that's to do with the original material or not. I think the problem is that that character was two-dimensional for me, and I think Alexia Kadim did a good job, but I would have loved to see that reined in. The thing is, I haven't watched the original movie in a very long time. I remember I watched it in primary school when the teacher rolled in the television into the classroom, and I was like, whoa, oh my god, we're gonna, we're gonna watch a movie! Um, and it was Prince of Egypt. And even then, I don't think I saw it through to the end, and I've just seen bits of it over the years. So I can't necessarily comment on whether this is a good adaptation or not. What I can say is that it is a beautiful uh, production film for screen, and the way they edited it, sort of mirroring from what I remember some of the sequences and the overlaying from the original movie. But I think it's a great way to help a stage production translate for screen. I've seen a lot of uh, filmed stage productions over the years from National Theatre and etc. Um, oh god, etc. is going to have a whole different meaning after this episode. And you can tell they're very much like, just film the action. Whereas I think the way Brett Sullivan placed everything and directed it, it felt very much like trying to use cinematic language uh, for the audience, which I really appreciated. I'm not sure if they're going to do another screening, probably do an encore screening or something like that. But if you can see it, I would really recommend it. I know some people find it a bit too much and a bit too intense. And to be fair, I was not prepared for how intense it was. So maybe go when you're like ready to take on something as hugely dense um, and thunderous the show is. That's probably my recommendation. But I thought it was a really good show and I enjoyed myself. So that is it for The Prince of Egypt. And we are on to our next two films, etc., 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 etc. The second film stage production of this week is The King and I from 2018 originally written by Rogers and Hammerstein, uh, which is an iconic duo in the musical theatre world, and directed for stage by Bartlett Cher, and then directed for the filmed version by Gary Halverson. So it's about a Welsh school teacher arrives in Bangkok and has to be the school teacher uh, to the king's select amount of school children that are going to be educated. And as she connects more with the king, who is played by Ken Watanabe, you can see their differences really shine. <laughs> this is a difficult one because I feel the production they did tried to give the original material justice and make it work. 
and it was a beautiful production. But the fact of the matter is that the original material is based on caricatures against Asian people uh, from Siam and from Asia in Bangkok, in Thailand, and it just puts me off. It was sort of little things, the way they kind of joked about their broken English, the way they joked about the king having multiple children and having multiple wives. It just paints a really bad picture uh, for people in that community and it made me feel quite uncomfortable. What I can say with the execution is that I think they did brilliantly. Um, Kelly O'Hara is amazing. She sounds like an angel when she sings. So Ken Watanabe really focused on like the character singing, which I think really helped. Ruthie Ann Miles as Lady Tang was beautiful, was really... really felt grounded to everything that was happening, trying to be the bridge between two worlds. I have to give my props to Na Young Jun, who played Princess Tuptim, for a character that uh, has a lot of plight, and in my opinion should have had the story revolve around her. Really beautiful execution. And the choreography by Christopher Gatelli is fantastic, really understands the spectacle of it. And the choreography is based on the original dances and design choreography by Jerome Robbins, who is an iconic choreographer uh, in the Broadway world, did productions like Fiddler on the Roof. So I really felt the impact of it and what they were trying to do. I just feel like it hasn't aged well, which really has its downsides. And I think I'll have a next point that will relate to the next one. I really feel like people are much too dedicated with the original material. And there's a fine line to be had between celebrating the original material and then adapting it for a modern audience. Because I understand there's some points where some material cannot be adapted for modern times. And I think this one would be very difficult to adapt to modern times. There is a sort of duty uh, for the people who are doing revivals and trying to rework some stuff to have it make it work as a contemporary piece you know like with the racism uh, in the show and i will be frank it is racism and it's a shame but because i think the material is beautiful but the writing and the comedy and the dynamics are, are, are based on stereotypes and based on racism that paints a very bad light for people uh, in the asian community this was a film production from 2018 like they had an opportunity to try and rework some stuff and i don't know how much they might have already done that I feel like they could have done more in order to make it less insensitive is the only thing I can really go for. And that really applies to the next one we have in store. So we're on to our last musical of the week and it's a classic. Every school does it, even though it's mildly disturbing. Our last film of the week is Grease Live uh, from 2016. It was a live televised event directed by Thomas Kale and Alex Rudzinski. You all know the story of Grease. Danny and Sandy meet over the summer. They fall in love or however teenagers fall in love. Realise they now go to the same school and Danny's being a toxic masculine man with the T-Birds. And him and Sandy over time learn the art of compromising. I guess. This is what I mean by trying to adapt things for a modern audience. Because there is a point where Danny tries to, and a trigger warning, 
Danny tries to sexually assault Sandy and it's kind of accepted. Like this is a production that is done by schools and I feel at this point, you know, teachers maybe have their own ways to work around it, but I just feel like there is a way to reshape shows for a modern audience that doesn't make people feel uncomfortable. It was from 2016, so this was before Me Too, but I feel like there was a sensitivity that was lost here. With that aside, it was fun. It was a good time because they were breaking for commercials. They really hindered themselves with pacing. And I wouldn't say it necessarily dragged, but I could tell it was running for a long time. I do think Julianne Hugh, she is talented and really great dancer, great actor. I don't think she knows how to act for camera, uh, specifically in this instance, because there were times when I couldn't hear what she was saying uh, amidst all the chaos in the background. Up against people like Aaron Tavay and Vanessa Hudgens, Kiki Palmer, Carly Rae Jepsen. This is an all-star cast. So I feel like there was a direction there or an understanding that wasn't had, uh, which was a disappointment. I mean, she sings Hopelessly Devoted for You absolutely beautifully. It's very hard to live up to that iconic number. And I think she held her own very well. I don't know why they cast Aaron Tavay as to whether they were really parodying how old people continue to get cast in these roles or they felt he was best for the part but him and julianne who did work well together so i'm not necessarily complaining but it just it was very obvious he wasn't a high school student none of the cast were <laughs> convincing high school students except for maybe carly ray jepson and the whole backstory of vanessa hudgens because her father passed away the day before she decided to still do it and with that context especially how she performs there are worse things i could do just phenomenal and i think the choreography is absolutely stellar jordan fisher underrated i would have given a whole additional musical number for him because i love him so much maybe it's my bias but him as duty with a little guitar be like the magic changes oh my god look at how danny's completely changing himself for a girl isn't that so cute <laughs> oh my god i love it i love it for them but yeah there's fat phobia the sexual assault in, <laughs> in this um and that that's fine according to uh, 2016 standards so it's give and take i guess so those are all the films this week uh, that were filmed, stage productions. I really enjoyed Prince of Egypt, but I understand that it's quite intense. If you did want to have a bit more of a relaxing time, I would say Greece because everyone's used to the story. It's quite easy viewing. And I think the way they executed it was really great. But that is the end of this episode. Please rate and review this podcast and share this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It would be immensely appreciated. I'm also doing a fundraiser for my chest surgery. The link to that is in the show notes. And you can follow me on Instagram at CarrieJMo and you can follow me on Letterboxd at CarrieMo where you'll see the films I watch in advance and a little sneak peek at what's the highlight film of the week. And that is everything. Take care and stay safe. <laughs>